0: all right welcome to another episode of the northwest mx podcast i'm your host joey lancaster and uh, this one i uh i sit down with a longtime friend and uh racing buddy uh rory sullivan himself um really popular guy around the northwest a lot of guys uh a lot of people i should say always wondering what what's rory up to what's he doing and uh we kind of jump in a lot of that and really just kind of bs about uh kind of what's been happening and what's uh what we think's going to happen in the future it's uh it's funny at the beginning we kind of joke about uh hey man it's been 5 years but man it might be about uh 7 or 8 years since the last time me and Rory sat down uh on a podcast northwest mx podcast so i think you can listen to it in the uh archives but uh uh one of one of my uh, favorite people to go ride with um always super positive and uh always having fun and i think our uh our personalities work together pretty good when we're on the trail and we love to see people smile and, and have fun riding dirt bikes. So, um, and really that's the most important part. So, uh, here we go. Um, Northwest MX podcast brought to you by motothenorthwest.com. Uh, Rory Sullivan. Mm. (laughs) Ice and whiskey with Rory Sullivan. Num, num, num. Rory, it's been like, uh, five years since we've done this. Yeah.
1: That's a long time, man. A lot of stuff's happened in five years, too.
0: It's been five years. We're, here, we're sitting here at Lancaster Land. Um, I don't know what number Northwest MX Podcast this would be, but a lot of people have been asking about it, and a lot of people uh, ask about us, too. So
1: I think you could just kind of – it's a reset, right? I mean, they it'll be on the site with whatever number it is, but you're kind of getting it back going again and maybe talking with people and bringing people back up to speed.
0: Yep, trying to organize some stuff. I don't know. Motor of the Northwest, to me, has been a uh, side project for a long time, just a, just like you know, but um, trying to get a little more uh, organized. But it's still a side project. It'll never be a – well, I guess it could be a full-time project in the future. Yeah, but you, you, can't, never know. you can't
1: say no. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think we're all playing a game of, like, how much can we put on our plates. And I think that's the motocrossers' mentality is, like, if you – In general, right? Like, you're self-driven. People say something, you say yes to this project or that project, or you have your own aspirations and it just keeps building. And so I feel like, for me, I have way too many tasks that I'm dealing with right now that I'm not completing, but that's kind of keeping it interesting.
0: Well, is it, yes always gets you, nothing ever goes bad if you say yes, for the most part.
1: I don't know, my dad used to tell me that it was like, you can make more money by saying no, right? Right. Because yeah. if it, maybe if, if, it seemed like too much work, it's probably difficult and too much work, <laughs> but anyway, let's just go off. Yes. So yes, I'm here. We're going to talk about some stuff.
0: Well, uh, going off of that, people just think uh, all you do is ride motorcycles. What does Rory Sullivan do? Do you do more than ride <laughs> motorcycles and drive your van? I mean, you're married, you have a dog, you have a house on the way, dude.
1: Yeah. I got to build a house, which is big. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, there's like tons of things going on and I think that's what's. I think I'm an adult now. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: never. (laughs) Ah, Just kidding. Uh,
1: No, I don't know. I'm 36 years old and I don't feel like 36. I think, you know, people could say whatever. Like it is a mindset um, flat out. Like, yeah, I ride a lot, but I don't ride as much as people think. I think it's impossible to not have responsibilities and things to tackle. But motorcycles are the number one priority in my life current day other than marriage and you know, paying bills and crap like that.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's always from the outside looking in, everybody will always say stuff like that. Like, you know, everybody fall, fo- every, everybody follows everybody via Instagram. Right.
1: Right. It's yeah, like, we have st- so many best friends that we don't even know. Right. Like you, people will come up to you and they're, you meet them at the track or whatever. And they already, they are no more about you than you'll have any clue.
0: Oh yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll listen. I won't post as much on uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but um, just to kind of see like, because a lot of people don't know what to do. Like to be like, Hey, you know, what, what have you been up to? You know, I haven't seen you post anything. <laughs> like it's like an, what, the conversation that everybody used to have is an awkward one now. Right. Because it's usually you're just like, Oh yeah. Hey, I saw that you did whatever you went here, you went there. But now it's like, uh, what have you been doing?
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. If it's not, that's a joke, right? If you don't post it, it didn't happen. But, Oh, I think, I think that's a good and bad side of it. I do get a lot of like people asking, you know, or not asking, telling me like, Oh man, it's so awesome. You ride all the time. Well, I also make it a priority in my life. Like my life's built around motorcycles and,
0: not complaining about shit on, on the internet? Right. That's super popular now. <laughs> you should really try it.
1: <laughs> I'll work on it tonight. I'll watch Supercross tonight with you, and I'll maybe just go on there and start bashing people and talk right. about how the format sucked or something like yep. that. But that seems like a lot of energy I don't really have. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I built my life because I was fortunate enough to ride when I was younger, and I built it the way I wanted to live it, and that's motorcycles. And I think, yep, some people get curveballs thrown at them and – they choose not to do that. And I just, every time something crappy would happen in my life, I would just adjust so I could still do what I love. Right. You know, it's priorities. Yeah. Priorities. So, and fortunately for me, like my wife, Maya, like super understanding and it's not, it's not a plug, a <laughs> plug and play deal. Like there's struggles with it. Right. But like yeah. motorcycles or, you know, something that she actually now knows more about motorcycles sometimes than I do. And like, we were just talking to them as we were walking up here to do this. And they were joking about fact checking our, our, you know, information. <laughs> and like, sometimes Maya calls me out on bullshit. Like, she's like, that's not, no, like the structure oh, yeah. of that event doesn't happen like this. She knows stuff. And it's because that's the life we live. I think sometimes she wants a break from it, but that's, that's called life.
0: Oh, for sure. But then they know that we're, we both uh, suffer from that illness of dirt bikes. And if we're forced to sit in a room and stare out the window, when other people are having fun, then we slowly start to pick away at our souls.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean like current day, like I am so like ADHD is not the word for it, but I'm so distracted by motorcycles that like I have a snow bike in my van right now. You know, my dirt bike turns into a snow snowmobile you know, a single axis snowmobile. And then, I still have a dirt bike and then I'm looking at, Oh man, I now that's an off road bike for the woods, but I want to go moto this winter. So like need to find something else. You know, it's what riding can I do? Rain shine. I put studs in my tires the other day cause it was 28 degrees and I wanted to go ride in hood river and it was frozen tundra. So it's like, that's what I did. I just, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do change tires more than anybody. I know. See you now change that tires more than a lot of the bike shops that I go see when I'm on the road.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess I could just like leave crappy tires on there and have a subpar experience.
0: Hey, I was told one time by a guy that that makes it more challenging. The more wore out your tires are, it makes it funner in the woods.
1: If that was me that said that I'll create, (laughs) I'll create fake news (laughs) all day long. (laughs) Wasn't you,
0: but I have heard that before. You can go either way with that, but studs definitely change the game for sure.
1: No studs. You can rip in the middle of winter. Like it's dry. And I do think it's important to slide around in adverse conditions, but when it's ice, yeah. like I think it's it's a no brainer. But um, yeah. Anyway, you have a lot of the same afflictions that I do. Uh, it was just out in your garage, and you have a you know variety of motorcycles, which might be considered a disease. Oh, I have problems, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, you know I think
1: they're great problems to have. Well, I told so. you I
0: I've, I've sold a couple of bikes, and you couldn't have even have. Yeah. There was no empty slots.
1: Well, let's talk about one of the bikes that you, that you sold. Um, it's actually looking pretty sweet. That KX500, Luda has really beautified that thing.
0: Yeah, I talked to Scott Russell at Motorsport Hillsborough because he's the one that I originally got it from, and he mentioned Luda had come in and he was all stoked about it, and I told him i was like you know that's a bike i got for me right and he was like oh yeah he's like i know it was just great i knew you needed it and then i knew that you would use it for what you needed it for and you did and then i knew that it would go to another good home and now yeah Luda's is all kx 500 out you know it's so, looking clean i just like, never i never jived with that bike at all i, I had it i think three years wrote it three times <laughs> right. i wrote it in i i wrote it uh in central oregon out in the desert because i thought it would just be cool to be on a kx 500 and go wide open down like a sand whooped out road so get i did all, that get all destry Abbott on yep exactly did that check that off the list um i wanted to take it up to washugal did that check that off the list and then i wanted to go race one of the vintage races on it at woodland and i did that but i could never make it I just the chassis never worked right for me i don't know i'm tall i'm not a jeff ward that's all I could think about is Jeff Ward being short, right. racing those. And
1: things. that KX500 is kind of weird. Like the the cockpit of it, it's kind of crowded. The footpeg, the seat height, and yeah. stuff. It's it's tight in, yeah. that, in that dimension. But yeah, I was
0: told if you if you put a link under the rear end and get it to sit a little higher, that it'll bring the rake of the front end forward a little more, and it helps out a lot. Because I did. I actually lost the front end twice at. From woodland pushing out yeah pushed out on me and it fell down i remember talking to jim anderson and he's like yeah there for a while didn't look like any of you guys wanted to win that <laughs> that class because i crashed and i can't remember who i was racing with he crashed in front of me and this we kept one battling. of the vintage days that yeah 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 because they they allow that i mean that kx 500 was in i think it was a 98 that i had
1: it's one of the longest running bikes without any changes they're like
0: maybe like the xr 600 I Which I have one of those too.
1: Maybe the Maybe the PW fifty <laughs> is like the longest one right. without any changes. But right, I think I think more people need to ride like, well, there's a saying like ride old shit, but just ride as many different bikes and types as possible. Like if you're passionate about motorcycles, you should be open to riding anything. Oh, so like, totally. And I don't think a lot of people do that. I think they just kind of like settle. Like like you've been a big advocate for, you know, just. Well, once we have Dream Race was kind of built off of that. Like you don't have to have a ten thousand dollar motorcycle. Just go get you know. Just go get something and ride. And I think a lot of people aren't doing that. You can ride. have your ten thousand dollar one, but you can also have an eight hundred. Well, who was it? That just bought a, a KDX two hundred. It was like eight hundred and fifty bucks. There.
0: Well, my buddy Sean has one. This is a, has a KDX two hundred and he did some work to it. But those things are those things. Are another bike that ran forever. And they, well then they, they went to the two twenty towards the end of its life. But Ooh, b- I don't know. Big the 21- <laughs> horse
1: <star>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, all that. And it's it's uh it goes back to what I said earlier about people always just constantly complaining about shit. It's like uh um guaranteed you'll have fun. Like we went to the twenty one and hammered ride. <laughs> we brought we brought four people and four <laughs> bikes so we could only make three run in with four people. <laughs> that was- <laughs> so we had to run doubles for a while. I still haven't washed I don't think any of those bikes have been washed since that day
1: oh maybe I should help you wash them no I we just
0: we'll <laughs> just bring them back to the same event without in June. It work. yeah <laughs> no we'll work on the one figure out why it didn't wa- didn't run we just posted I, the dates on
1: that right uh, June, June
0: something 8th, ninth yeah twentieth, something like that but uh anyhow
1: we got some uh a little bit of static going on here oh that's weird We'll buff it out eleven oh
0: four. Oh, is it your phone? Are our phone's doing stuff.
1: So? I think it is.
0: Oh, it was our phones.
1: It was um. It was uh technology coming down the pipeline. That was what the static was. But that was a cool All right, event. We're man. back. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool. Uh, the the twenty one and hammered was fun just because like adversity, right? Like we were literally like pulling rust from your tank out of the carburetor on the side of the trail. Go like ten feet. Another problem would happen. Derail a chain. Mm-hmm. and we were riding like two up with our wives like back and forth switching switching off and that was just a good like low pressure hoot of a day like yeah
0: yeah i wonder why that x r the seventy nine x r two fifty nineteen eighty x r five hundred seventy four x l one twenty five and then the frankenstein nineteen ninety five CR 80 with a ninety nine x r one hundred motor um The XR 250 because we had it running the night before in the shop. Right, we were doing burnout. We were trying to break the clutch loose because the clutch was frozen. Remember, you would, you would fire it up and put it into gear and it would just start doing a burnout. Yeah, (laughs) so we were trying to rev it up and dump the clutch to make the clutch free up, which we did. After we did a few burnouts, and
1: that that used up its life, <laughs> I think it did. <laughs>
0: there's some <something> about <laughs> there's some about you using up the last little bit of life on motorcycles because when we did the the Ray's the, bike, you know, the yeah, the hangover challenge.
1: When Tor Tor let me borrow the bike named Ray's Bike, <laughs> and it was a uh, I actually it was a TTR 225. Yep, and I I did ride it the day before because I like I genuinely wanted to kick your ass up there <laughs> on it. And I rode it in Hood (laughs) River. You did
0: secret (laughs) testing. (laughs) I
1: had studs on that bike as well, and it was ripping. I actually felt really, really good on the thing because the suspension was super soft and it had a really low CG because the bike was just down in the stroke all the time, like in the suspension, settled. And, uh, yeah, and then that thing just um, didn't want to run on race day, and it didn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Ride ride old shit for sure it'll definitely uh it'll change the scenario It'll change the game, the game plan yeah, about how you think about stuff too because when you get there you have now you have two rear shocks you have a spare sh- rear shock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of funny like looking at how bikes have evolved, but they're still the old ones are still a blaster ride, and you know the speed side of it's all relative like your fun to speed ratio. if you're pushing the limits of an old let's just call it an old shitty bike you're still pushing the limits, you know, just maybe not at 50 miles an hour. You're at 30 miles an hour, 20. So, Right.
0: Yeah. Which sometimes feels like 40 on an old bike.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's all perspective. So
0: what, what, what all bikes do you have right now? You got the KTM, which you're getting rid of because you want to get another dual sport.
1: So I have a KTM 500 that like, honestly, like one of the best bikes I think I've had, it's a 2016 and, I mean, it has over 500 hours on it with minimal, like minimal work. And you give me some crap about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like I truly believe, if you keep up on just general maintenance and change oil and don't over rev a motorcycle right. that's not built to rev, they'll treat you good. Things happen, right? But this thing has been such a workhorse, um, and it's just been a phenomenal bike. And then power. Uh, and this is, an,
0: is your off-road bike, so you're not. Right. You know, you've had it on the motocross track a couple times, but you're not. Racing just racing it off or racing motocross. You've done some off road races with it too, but right. But my little different story
1: primarily try not to race it, like I try to just use it as like a what it is a, a trail tool. And before that, I was always just using my motorbikes. Which anybody that's taken a true motorbike out into the woods, unless you don't know better, it's it just beats you up overall. Like it's just really not they can be used there because it's meant for the dirt, right? But you'll just at the end of the day, your experience, I think, will be less than than a bike that's built, purpose-built for that. Um, so, right now, I just have those two bikes. Um, I do have, like, a 1982
0: BMW. Oh, you still have that?
1: Yep. It's I've... just sitting down sh- in this lower shed, and it's just, like, a project I want to get to at some point. but. I think I take priority on riding <laughs> riding with so work
0: than working on stuff.
1: We're that, bu- we're building this house and maybe at that point yeah. I can set it over like we'll get a garage it, and stuff. Yeah, give it its spot but
0: you'll move out of the garage Yeah, curr- get a, get a garage.
1: Currently live in a garage <laughs> and I can't wait to have a garage that's attached to a house that I live right. in. Right.
0: But that goes back to the priorities again. Like so many people have some massive you know, mortgage with some massive vehicle with some massive whatever. And then, and then go, yeah, I don't know. Dirt bikes are too expensive. And it's like, maybe their ego's too expensive.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people are struggling from Ed huge, you know, syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely <laughs> struggling from Ed huge. <laughs> uh, no, it's amazing. And like hats off to Maya, my wife for being so understanding with that. Like we've been, we've been living in this amazing place in white salmon, Washington, like, for years, and we have an amazing view, and I'm like near trails and all this stuff. Once again, my life is structured around motorcycles and cool she's, shit. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's the choice that I made, and she puts up with like so gold star for her. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> my my wife Megan's the same way. Like when when I brought her here, like we've moved to here, we've been here just over five and years this is, now. This property is where you grew up, right? Right, right. but. Like my parents built the house, you know, 30 plus years ago, I was two years old. So let's say 32 years ago, they built the house down here with like just spare money they had and all their friends and buddies. Right. And then, uh, still never was finished. And then the same carpet was in it that kind of had gotten pulled up that, you know, some of the same, it's just my dad, you know, like, Hey, and, you know, brought Megan over here and I'm like, Hey, uh, so my dad wants to move. What do you think about buying this place? And she was like, yep, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, nope. I want, uh, you know, white picket fence. I want all this other stuff. And, you know, we have just over three acres here. So it's like, uh, and a little bit of everything. So I go, you know, you don't really drive into anywhere going like, you know, they really put in a whole lot of good property here. Like, you know, it's close to town, you know, you have what you want. And I was, so I told her, I go, I go, you know, guaranteed three years from now, you'll be sitting here somewhere, drinking wine with your friends and stoked at, at what you're at. So it was about, took about that long, maybe four years. And we did uh addition sitting here in the, in our office that we have, and then just slowly been working and buffing out everything. You saw the, uh, the, uh, sauna that I was working on today when you got here, but you know, it's little things at a time. I think that's important to remember that you're always will be like grinding on something, you know, to work on. Nothing's endless. ever finished. It doesn't matter endless. if it's a dirt bike, it's a project or whatever your house. Like I remember she wanted it done right away and like, let's just take out a loan and, you know, right. get it, get it done. And I was like, well, you know, my, that's, my dad's built houses forever. That's what he does. Like, it'd be cool to work with him. And, you know, so yeah, we, there's like a picture that I have of her with our daughter Elsie when she was not even one and there wasn't even any front door on the house. And I was leaving, I think to go on a trip with you somewhere. (laughs) So I had to leave, I had to leave home no doors on the house with a wife with a new baby and the look on her face is priceless.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have like a, like a tarp or like a... Uh, we used
0: the sheets off the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Hang, hanging in the doorway to kind of... Yeah. Build. No, I think actually that was... The new the new front door wasn't in, but there where the old front door was, there was still a door. But still, it's a pretty funny photo. So yeah, definitely hats off to the wives for, for putting up with us. But um, yeah, I mean, long story short, like now we're here and it's like still a project. Like I washed the windows in this place today is the first time I've ever washed them and they still look horrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm looking at them right now, and you definitely – I don't know if you missed a few spots or if you just couldn't get the spots off. Well,
0: it's kind of like when you go – when you when you have a really muddy moto, you know, and you right. come home and you wash your bike, and you think you do a good job, but you forgot, like, a, everywhere, like, underneath and right. some spots. So you kind of need to go ride your bike again when it's dry. To help it fall off. Yeah, to help fall off. But out and you can't ride the glass Rewashing. So. Well, now most of, the, most of the bug death, though, is off of there. So, you know – it's just like the muddy moto, right? I got the I got the chunks off. Right now, it's just the spit shining that'll have to be done at a later date because <laughs> it's
1: it, life. Life is full of endless endless things like that. Well, you <laughs> know, we'll
0: we'll see what happens in another two and a half years because I think this has been done for like two and a half years now.
1: <laughs> Perfect. So, since you've been in this place, dude, you've been into a whole 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 different load of stuff. Like, created a really successful event with the one five dream race you know, and just keep evolving with different pieces of Motor of the Northwest. You're super busy with your job with Fox. Yeah. You, you know,
0: I think it goes back to the saying yes all the time. <laughs> I mean, me and you are working on this off-road project right now. Right. You mentioned the dream race, which, you know, I've got your, i obviously help out with that along with Kit and Megan and, and, uh, um, you know, Fox is a ton of stuff going on. UTV racing. Like I was telling you, like, I'm going to go check that out and Chris Johnson's got an extra car that he's gonna let me race, and that Lake, sounds like it's to Havasu—absolutely
1: awesome. By the way, Havasu is just hammered; <laughs> that place is so gnarly, <laughs> and they—they'll even doze it smooth. And I have no idea how the UTVs are gonna affect it, but when I've done works races there, my last one. I pulled off. I quit, and I—that's very, very rare for me to quit an event. Yeah. Without being hauled off on an ambu- in an ambulance.
0: Well, I was thinking I wanted to do some fun stuff, that like kept me occupied down there. Like I want to—I'm going to text Imig and figure out the exact spot that he got arrested. So I can go take Perfect. a picture there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like this is where Imig's—you
1: know—like. I mean, I'm sure he's reflected on it, but maybe he doesn't remember.
0: Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Oh, on, on. I'll try. Maybe there's a maybe there's a police report I could look up <laughs> if he doesn't tell me the exact location. But having um, drop a pin, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I want to check that out. And like UTV racing is something that I think needs to really get going up here in the Northwest. Because like you know, like a lot of the dealerships I deal with, they sell more UTVs than they sell dirt bikes. Which you think about it, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But at the same time at least they're selling that because there's a lot of people that aren't doing a whole lot of anything. Yeah. They might
1: know? be out of business without that side of the industry.
0: Totally. Cause there's kids that are d- deciding to not ride. They're deciding to, you know, you could say whatever you could say they're playing video games. I mean, we know those are getting awesome, which by the way, later you got to check out the Dakar game okay. that I was telling you about.
1: I, I'm kind of against video games, but Dakar is pretty badass. And that, by the way, was insane. Yeah. did you this follow thing. this year's Dakar? Oh, absolutely insane. And such a bummy, bummer for Ricky and like, but overall, oh, dude, yeah. great American presence. And like, uh, I don't know if you were following with Toby Price and Lila's...
0: Uh, well, so he broke his... I thought he broke his wrist during the race, but later I learned that it was before the race right. started. Yep. Yeah, doing that doing that long of a, it's not like you're going into like an, a quick arena cross where you can right. get through this night. So and that, that was the other thing. It was a hundred percent in Peru, which is, which is new.
1: Yeah. Mainly like more sand than usual mm-hmm. years. I don't know. There's a couple photos. I saw aerial shots of these sand dunes with someone going up over them. And these things are like, you know, they're massive. It's not like an Oregon sand dune, right? But yeah, absolutely insane. I don't,
0: re- I don't know if it makes it any easier. Being 100% in Peru, like, it's got to be, like, logistic-wise, right? Because they were doing a lot of loops back to where, like...
1: I have no actual knowledge, but if I was to guess, it was off of, like, it probably made it streamlined, right? So you're getting these people coming from Europe and stuff like this, the different, you know, permits and things they're getting to bring vehicles and stuff. it, It cleans that up, and they probably made an agreement with the country, right? And the country was stoked on it instead mm-hmm. of having to deal with like two or three different countries, right? It just right. cleans up the whole process.
0: Yeah, it's uh I don't know. Well, and then it was so it was 10 days. It's usually about 15, right?
1: Yeah, you know my retention on
0: that. What is, do you mean you don't know? We started out last year with you going Joey. We're going to race Dakar. The
1: <laughs> so, there's <laughs> You're certain... supposed to know those things yeah. if I'm going with you. <laughs> there's certain things that I, I want to jump on and I want to do, and certain things stick and certain things don't. And right now at 36, Dakar, it didn't stick. Yeah. There's other things that I want to tackle, but that is ultimately like, like Skylar Knowles this year. He's from Utah. He went, he won the, like one of the qualifiers and got a spot. Um, and it was his first year. And he got like a, I think he got a sixth in a stage, which is phenomenal. And then ended up uh, dislocating his shoulder and was out. But the amount of money that goes into that is I mean it's absolutely insanity
0: yeah move that thing up there there you go when you're when you're drinking your whiskey you move that out of the way <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the car looks super fun
1: but did you see the the bet between Lila and Toby Toby
0: if he wanted you to shave his mullet
1: yeah but did you see she, so she shaved shaved it but he actually left the mullet so there's a shot of him, the back side of his head. It's basically like Mr. Clean in the front, and then the back. There's just a hair port coming off of his head. Absolutely phenomenal. A hair
0: port. Well, well, uh, uh, well, it used to be called a rat tail. I had one of those when I was a kid. There's a photo somewhere out there of a, a wicked rat tail coming out of the back of my head, cruising on an old like tw- like a little twenty sixteen inch. Everybody has those skeletons
1: <laughs> kicking around.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, just like you know. The uh, ice skating with you, you know? Yeah, man. You got to be a di- diverse that, creature. You brought that out of the closet a little bit more lately, I feel like. Uh, or maybe think, it's just with me.
1: <laughs> no, no. I think if if you have something that's ammo for other people, you either need to embrace it to take away the power from them <laughs> or, you know, and I encourage people to do that in all aspects of their life. Like, if you have something that you think you're ashamed of and you feel like somebody's going to use it as fuel against yeah. you, oh, yeah. you better you better have some thick fucking skin and get on with it. So right. for me, it's actually pretty funny nowadays. Maya came home last week with a set of ice skates, like a, oh, a pair. <laughs> Is that the photo you sent me? Yeah. And they're like, I mean, they cost 20 bucks from like, I don't remember. She got them from like.
0: They're usually Goodwill. at Goodwill next to the shake weights. I haven't buying a lot of shake weights. So I know.
1: <laughs> but um, I like telling her straight up. I'm like, yeah, I mean, thanks. But these are, they're shitty. Like, there's no support in them and stuff. <laughs> you know, like, but they're funny, and I I dig it. And, uh yeah, I'm not embarrassed anymore. There was definitely, when I was a teenager, like, there was a time when I was, I mean, I was good at it, right? I think if it, anything you do in life, if you put a bunch of energy into right, you can be good at stuff. But, uh, yeah, ice skating, it's pretty funny, like, when people that see me now, because I look nothing like something that would be an ice skater, <laughs> right? Um, It's pretty funny, but... I just look at it. It's like part of the big package of my life that I'm going to support. I'm not going to try to bury it.
0: When when was the last legitimate time you were in skates, though?
1: Uh, we went ice skating over in Bend, Oregon at an indoor rink. And the, those skates, the rental skates are sketchy. Like, even if you're a decent skater, like, you're at a deficit on rental skates. Right. Like, the blades are duller. The ankle support is, like, subpar. Um, but that was a year ago, I think. Oh really? Yeah, that's him. We have some lakes up above uh, Hood River that that freeze, and Maya has like this dream of getting me <laughs> up on the, on there, and I'm okay with it. Like I actually think it'd be fun. We went to Canada when her and I first started dating, and um, went into the the ski resort had a like a well had an ice skating rink, and I go in there and like. The guy's like, okay, what size are you? And he hands me hockey skates. And I was like, oh, no, I want figure skates. And he's like, <laughs> the look on his face, you know, was just like, no, dude. And then finally I was like, no, no, I want I, I want figure skates. And he hands me figure skates in my size. They were legitimately only built for a female's foot, like narrower. Right. I couldn't even drop my foot into him. And I go back to him and I was like, I guess I'll take the hockey skates. And he's like, good choice, man. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I'm like, okay. Did like,
0: you just triple lots by him after that?
1: Oh, I mean, he was just the the dude bro that was working in the store. But he was like, you know, listen, Buttercup, you want hockey skates?
0: Yeah, I've only done uh, I've only ice skated a few times, but it was always with those clapped out skates, rental skates. Always clapped. But out, one yeah. time I did get a pair of hockey skates, and it made a difference for me. But when I was younger, it was it was roller hockey that I played a lot of like just with a buddy across the street. They had like this, I don't know, it was, uh, it was at Nick's house. It was like a, I would guess like a 40 by 80 concrete pad in front of their big garage. Right. And so it was just big enough to where you kind of play, play hockey. But we used to do it out in the front down here in the gravel too. We'd just run around with with our hockey sticks. And I remember one of my buddies that the ball went through the trees over here when there was two trees about six feet apart and he took off running with a hockey stick just straight out in front of him. <laughs> Blew right through the trees and it just the hockey stick clotheslined him, dude. We're, I don't know, we're probably 13 or something 12, 13 years old. That just took him out of his shoes. It was great.
1: So, talking about 12, 13 years old, are kids still like building? I mean, I know there's some that ride BMX bikes and stuff like this, but are kids still like going out and shoveling up jumps or like taking a piece of plywood with a cinder block? And like making, it's the
0: original getting rad tool right there. It's a cinder cinder block and a piece of plywood. I mean, does
1: that still exist, or is like, is that gone?
0: I I don't know. I I hear about it from time to time. (laughs) I don't see it. it. Yeah, when I lived in uh, Troutdale, um, I saw a couple kids. This is in a neighborhood. I saw a couple kids ride by on their BMX bikes, and I come out of my garage. I'm like, hey. And they're like, oh. Like they thought I was going <laughs> to yell at them. And I was like, no, I just want to know where the dirt jumps are. And then they finally, they come back, and they're like, oh, uh, yeah, we got some pretty good ones up by the college up there. And you go down by the pottery place and whatever. And anyhow, me and a buddy rode up there, and it was literally like a sidewalk to like a dirt ledge. And then that was it. They were just jumping up that, which was cool. But there was no like, there was no shoveling involved. That's just what they found, you know.
1: I would like to believe that all that stuff's still cranking because I was like, that's how I grew up, and I know that the years, you know, the people before me. That's how they grew up doing that kind of stuff. I just like you like video games, and I'm not no judgment passed, <laughs> but like, I just can't get on board with video games. And it's not like, oh, Mr. Sullivan's Mr. Grouchy, <laughs> you know. It's just like I just can't get my concentration to like sit down like some people can defuse doing that or whatever but for me it's like yeah i just i just don't get it right i'll try to be open-minded joy
0: <laughs> yeah oh well that's a ma- another reason why i want to move out here is because i want to give elsie i mean she's got three acres that she can go dig a hole if she wants to you know she comes it's just so funny she'll come running up we'll just be sitting here whatever she'll come running in in the summertime like look at these worms i found <laughs> 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 and Megan's definitely afraid of worms. Yes. Because she got them, like, thrown at her when she, she grew up on a farm. She got them thrown at her, and I guess she the way she tells the story is that it it, like, looped around her ear, and it was stuck on her ear, and she was, like, running off, and the, yeah. you know, the worms right. sitting there, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so she's haunted by the worms, for sure. But, yeah, but that was the main reason is so she could run around, and sometimes I'm sitting here in the office in the RC car track out there, and her hair is, like, and yes. It's like a different. it's like Elsie and then there's her hair.
1: <laughs> yes. She has a lot of hair.
0: Oh, and she'll go hauling ass running down the RC. She'll, she'll just put in lap times on the RC car track. She won't cut any corners. Nope, she's gone and anyhow her hair behind her is just like you've flying. taught her well not to cut the course. Yep, she doesn't cut she doesn't cut the corners, but um yeah, that's another reason why I moved out here is because I want to do that. I mean the dirt jumps that I dug are still out here. We just hit them with minibikes now, but they're right. You
1: have a pretty solid mini bike track, w- including a ramp over a car which is pretty. pretty Yeah. It used to be
0: the rally car. I thought I was going to, I had dreams for when I was in high school and I bought it for like 250 bucks and then rallied it. First thing I fixed on it was the e-brake me and the Hamilton boys pulling e-brakes on gravel roads around here. And then, uh, uh, something happened to it. It, Well, I moved away. I left it here. It's always been here. It's never left the property here. And then, uh, besides when we go rally it, (laughs) but I moved back and, me and uh, Sean tried to fix it, and I don't know. It's got some electrical issues, but if we can figure those out, the thing will fire up.
1: Right, it'll run someday. Right, dude. Speaking of the Hamilton boys, <coughs> there's been so many rippers out of the Northwest. Like in all the years, I keep keep doing this. Right, like right. I I feel like those two were like the Hamilton boys were so smooth on a bike.
0: Totally, but th- I mean, both Daniel and James, too. Those guys, and there's always those guys, right? That. They won't ride. You won't see them for years. And then they'll just show up with some old bike or whatever and then just be wide open, you know? Yeah. Like straight off the, they're the off the couch guys. Yeah. And they're there's good. not a lot of they're off good. the couch
1: guys. They're good at it. It's, it's funny though. Like I've, those two, those brothers were close in age. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, I've raced other family members that like, I'll race the older brother and then he'll quit. And then I'll race the younger brother, right, and I'm like the I'm one of the only semi um try to use the right word like I'll just call myself challenged <laughs> individually like, just keeps going, but like the the Metzlers right that yeah. was another family that was like you know big age differences there in right. my opinion they yeah anyway, we've had a lot of rippers, and we current current day we have some fast kids coming out of here I saw that uh oh. Help me out. What's his name from Washougal area? Um, Levi, well, Levi Kitchen. He's back uh, back east at Real Deal.
0: Yeah, Kitchen. Yeah. I was, well, I was thinking more of, since Supercross tonight, a two tonight uh, with with Harriman making his first main last weekend. Uh, Carson Brown making his first main the first round at Anaheim. Right. You know those guys going down there. It was cool to see them. I walked by and and uh, yeah, I saw a bunch of the, fo- the took bunch pictures of, the of them. Um, and Anaheim won and just kind of like – Yeah, we got Breeze down DSed there, Chance
1: Blackburn. Bit. Yep. Yeah. I think I'm missing – How? Chris. Yeah, Chris, he's man. he kind
0: of going at it. It's funny. He was just sitting there. I, he felt like he didn't know what to do because he's, he's with the JMC team now. Yeah. So he doesn't have to really worry about anything. He's got a mechanic, you know, going for it behind him. So he was he, he looked kind of awkward sitting up there like, so I just have to sit here and sign autographs now? <laughs>
1: It's funny how that works. I I don't think I could ever do that because I've only been by myself. Like right. you know, I've had a few people help like as a mechanic, basically go into the line with me. But right. I'm the only person I ever worked on my bikes. And so with Chris, he's done that for so long now. It probably is weird for him. Yeah, he's like, uh, what
0: tire pressure did you put right. my bike at? <clears throat> exactly. What was one of your favorite race bikes you ever had?
1: Uh, the best, the best bike. I keep kind of going back to this. Is like oh4 I had. 250 Honda, Honda. And, and a 450. So like the CHM bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. CHM. They're an exhaust builder out of, um, Sacramento area. And I mean, it was like a cherry bomb on the bike. Like it was <laughs> right. like, a, it was like a straight pipe. <laughs> oh yeah. But that, and I had some, some head work done by, uh, remember Dale Ainsley. Yeah. By his, his dad. Um, and not a, not a lot of work, right. Just like flowed the head and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those bikes, were crazy fast and they handled so good the suspension on the honda and the way the chassis worked yeah my favorite bikes and like those are all some of the best years i had like racing moto and i wish like honestly like i don't remember what year daniel daniel blair did but he he went back to a carbureted when everybody was on the fuel injected bikes he went back and he was just like yard and hole shots like at pir and stuff on it like on a carbureted honda
0: yeah uh so well yeah i think that was an 08 bike that he went back to but right um when you were on was that the year that you did four stroke nationals but then you you also did what year did you do the whole national series uh, or most it the whole national series or most of them
1: i think i missed like binghamton and like i kind of ran out of money everybody
0: misses that one now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: i wish i would have wrote it be- you know before they cut it from the series but um i think i missed like one or two i, I just kind of ran out of spirit and money mm-hmm. at the end like my yeah it was tough i was traveling around in my van like sleeping in my van i think it was 04 i did that um yeah but dude what an experience and the kids that still have the fortitude to to charge it like that i think there's a lot of people that just are like kind of quitters mm-hmm. you know they're like well, that feels like
0: it's tough <laughs>
1: you know but
0: yeah the tough shit's what makes you you know that's d- what gives you the drive dude when I you, think we when you finally finished something that was tough. Yeah. Then you go like, okay, I can do this shit now. I feel All like
1: right. the last time you and I hopped on this and talked about stuff, I think I might've talked about this back in 2011 when we did that, but I I raced in Canada just living in my van, like staying at, you know, made Ryan Lockhart or, you know, Ryan gold and different people making friends. But I'd like legitimately like write a note, put it on my front seat. I would talk to the promoter, Mark Stullybrass brass and a couple other guys. And like, Hey guys, like if I yard sale, just my front seat. It's unlocked. It says like you know who to call or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, Rory, like heck yeah.
0: Or I remember riding with you sometimes around here, where you would you would be like, okay, uh, just so you know, my insurance card, <laughs> is yeah, I right think, here.
1: <laughs> I think it's like, it, I, I've always felt like okay, I was never gonna wait for people to like per, to get to where I want like. It's not like to where I was, but like my mindset was like, I'm going racing and right. nobody could come with me. Like, am I going to just not go? Right. So I just do it. But I feel like if you think about the consequences, I think you're in a way better mind space than pretending they don't exist. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm riding a motorcycle. Right. It's the tracks ever changing. I'm going to crash. We've all proven that one. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like, just make sure I have my, shit together as much as possible and so yeah that was always kind of my protocol is like let someone know like where my stuff was at because like the the EMT like they're gonna scrape me up and take me but like my shit's gonna be you know sitting like wherever I put his keys like right you know know, it's like let people know like at least something but yeah dude I think it's changed these days a little bit but there's still people out there doing that I think his name's like Alex Nagy, like 509, I think is his number. He's racing supercross. Like he comes from back East. I was just reading a, like an interview with him on racer X and yeah. like, dude's doing like exactly what I did back in 04 in 2019. Yeah. And they're kind of like, you kind of like, you don't, ha- you know, you could like make friends and like, <laughs> <laughs> Nope, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> and that was something I actually always struggle with is like, I'm enjoying the, the moto community so much more now in my thirties. In, in my twenties too. But like back then I was so focused on racing. I had a hard time being friends with people right. and, and then racing them. So like when I was, I was just super hyper focused on, on racing. And so like probably a lot of people would think like, man, Roy's kind of like, he's, you know, he thinks he's cool or something. He doesn't, you know, <laughs> but it was just simply like I was going racing and I had to focus on what I was doing and right. I, I couldn't <clears throat> let anything else get in there. So it was like easier for me just to hop in the van You know, go wash the bikes at a car wash and whatever.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that now because I feel like uh, I always go through, like, different groups of riding buddies, right? Right. Because they'll get burnt out or they... Happens a lot. They, you know, can't, I don't know, buy a house and then sell their bike or... Whatever happens, right? And so, like, I continually go through, like, okay, I guess that group of friends is done. And then I turn around <laughs> and look, like, who else wants to ride dirt bikes and have a good <laughs> time? guys, come
1: on over here. Yeah.
0: But then even, like, going and riding, like, so many times happened. Like, the last weekend that we went out to uh, uh, Jordan Creek, it's like I have, I have a buddy, Daniel Sosa, that I grew up with, that we went to school with. That Speaking lives, of selling
1: a bike. Lives close now. He just put up on Instagram today that the wife, <laughs> wife told me he has to sell one.
0: Uh, I think that's just that's code to <laughs> to to make it okay to sell one to get another one. <laughs> that's the that's um, the way to do it. Yeah, but uh uh I've I get to that point to where I'm just like, eh, it gets like the night before going riding and I'm just like, Yeah, I guess I'm just driving for a few hours by myself because 'cause I'm tired of like calling people and be like, Hey you want to go ride? And they're like, Ah well like you know, my flux capacitor needs cleaned out and this or that and whatever and I'm just like, All right. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i called <laughs> so i just go by myself which, I'll meet somebody there or you know if we are going to a track i'm just assume i'm like there'll be people there i know that will be a good time if not i'm gonna have fun riding by myself because that's just right fun
1: yeah i just enjoy the riding so the drive never has ever bothered me because i get to go ride my dirt bike
0: right which is about
1: as cool as it gets
0: what uh so i know you're doing with radius off-road you got a whole a whole host of shit going on with that but um, a lot of off-road you obviously do are doing training, but you know, earlier talking about, um, <laughs> dirt bikers taking their motocross bike into the woods, right. which completely ruins you for riding in the woods ever again right. when you take your motocross bike out. So getting a, a, a proper off-road bike, but, uh, yeah, we've had some, uh, we've had some pretty fucking awesome adventures in the woods and I know a lot of people have, have asked us about those and. And uh, you're doing some stuff, but what's what's one of your favorite adventures? What's one of your favorite off-road adventures that you've been on that wasn't like a race?
1: That wasn't a race. So, because yeah. uh, I
0: know you've done, you, I mean, you've traveled all over the world racing off-road, but yeah, it wasn't a race.
1: I Man, that's a, it's a tough one. Like, but there's, I'll just say, like, I I can't pull one out, but there is so much land in our country that we can ride that people are just, I mean, there's always someone before us that's been there, right? But, like, I'll tell everybody needs to go check out, you know, Idaho, Montana, C- Colorado, Utah, all these places. Like, you and I, we just pulled off the side of the road at Green River in Utah, right? Yeah. And we weird. were like, okay, like, I think we gave us, our, like, an, from a gas station. Yeah, <laughs> We gave ourselves, we pulled over in your motorhome on the way back on a time schedule, and we're like, oh, fuck, we got, like, an hour, let's do this. And <laughs> yep. then we got out there, and we're just like, no way. <laughs> and it was the hardest thing to like ride back to the rig. Cause it was like, right. you could see over the next Ridge and the next one. Yep. And like there's just so much. And I think, you know, it's not about what my favorite one, my favorite off-road spot is. It's more like, I want to ride. Like I want to go to Romania. Yeah. You know, my buddy Dylan Murdoch went this last year with a couple uh, other guys from Montana. And it's like what they allow in Romania. We don't allow here in the States. Like, it's just, they're like riding without plates, just up the street through a farmer's field like and, Mexico and up into the hills. Even Mexico's changed though. Yeah. You know, there's a, this guy Colby from hood river white salmon where I live. He's down there right now. And he was just talking, um, our posting on Facebook about how he like knew a way to get like, come in off the mountains and get into this little town. And he tried coming in the ranch. The rancher had like closed down, Access through there, and they ended up having to like backtrack like three hours, like right. wrap back around. So stuff's changing down there. Not it's not all like ruined, but man, there's just uh, Canada. I need to go ride more off road in right. Canada. Yeah.
0: yeah, there's a lot of buddies that are trying to get me to go up there to do stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I I I continue to look back. If if I ask myself that same question, I continue to look back on. There's been a lot of killer rides that like I've done with you or whoever. Right. But I think the ones, I think I've only done them with you except for some of like the under 200cc rides that we've done. But when you have to camp off the bike. I love the challenge of trying to drag enough shit with you. Right. Because you're trading the fun throughout the day of being on the for bike comfort for comfort at, at night. And and a lot of times I just go, ah, oh, fuck it. Rory's always going to be the minimalist. <laughs> He's going to sleep on a rock. I'm going to bring an extra blanket. <laughs> and Miss Biggie used to... You know, chug around a lot of shit. I think
1: the misconception with that, what you're saying about bike camping, and there's so much, like, if you go search hashtags on Instagram, right, there's so much of that going on now, but people, especially the moto world, say in the Northwest, is I think their connotation of what that looks like is like a big dual sport bike, but we're actually riding, like, good single track trails and camping in legitimately badass spots, and people... Yeah, like you were saying, there like people are like, man, that looks fun. Like I want to go with you guys next time. Well, <laughs> how about let's fucking do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, let's let's go do it. And um, you know, our window is fairly small in the northwest for that because our snowpack, the areas where you want to go are, you know, they don't open up until well, like June for some yeah,
0: some of those like epic spots. By the way, did you hear? I read it today about some uh, group of guys that have been killing bears up in the Gifford. Did you no. hear about that at all? No. Yeah, it's a huge poaching operation of guys that have been killing bears in the Gifford Pinchot Forest for years.
1: I've That's come cool. across bear grass hunters, which, like, these <laughs> – <laughs> they're, like, cutting bear grass, and they have these yeah. massive bundles, and they're, like, yeah, was, hitting off in the bushes. It but... was
0: wild. I didn't read any it too far, but um, some guy basically was just like, I'm tired of hiding this or whatever. But anyhow, yeah, it's – it's. Uh, I mean, Like, the Giff- he was one of the ones that are killing kill- – Yeah. Him, and he's yeah, like, he's, I have to out myself. Going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> wow Go in the jail but but i mean those are you know the giffords awesome you know there's a lot of good views in the in the coast range but like even like i look at some of uh i've wanted to do some cool loops like in throughout central oregon you know like even if it's like summertime kind of uh or we've done like the we started to do the washington or uh, uh backcountry discovery route like right. i've had a couple of buddies have done some of the oregon stuff um Uh, you know, there's the Idaho one that we've talked about doing. So there's all those adventures. But to me, I feel like those, that's the most epic adventure is when you know that like for the next four days, you're You're on this bike with this stuff and now you got to figure out how to make it work, you know?
1: Yeah. I think multi-day rides, the, even if it's leaving from the same point and coming back to the same point, but you do a big loop Mm -hmm. and it's this kind of evolving adventure, right? Those are like game changers. And I think anybody that's ever done a multi-day ride, like it'll be an impactful thing in their, in their memory of riding a motorcycle. It like kind of changes the dynamic. Like you go to the trailhead out at Tillamook, you know, a diamond mill or whatever, and you go out for a couple hours. Well, you're like, okay, the truck's back there. Right. But once you get, you know, hundred miles from the truck and you keep going out, that's, it's a very unique experience. And yeah, that, that's really cool.
0: Well, and the other part is you really get to learn about the people you're with, you yeah. know. Because I always love seeing people that you. Because everybody's excited. So first, let's go through the emotions that you go through. All right, we're going on a ride. This is going to be exciting. Look, check out all this new shit that I bought off of Amazon. <laughs> it doesn't all fit in my bag, <laughs> yeah. but. And then you start going. Like that's the one that sticks in my mind. Is the one that I that that we did with with uh, Sarudi and Shehan two years ago, right? Yeah. When we left. And it, there was forest fires, smoke everywhere. It was hundred degrees. We're wearing all of our gear and we're sweating. Leaving and and our wives are like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are thinking. But it ended up being an awesome trip. But uh, uh, is you learn like all those things about the people. So it's like you're excited when you leave. Then we left like a late afternoon, early evening. So then it's we didn't get to where we were going by daylight. So now all of a sudden, once it gets dark, I don't care who you are. Once it gets dark, emotions start happening because then all of a sudden you're like, all right, now it's dark out. You can't really see what's going on. <laughs> we don't really know what roads we're on. Yeah. Do, Who's do your
1: lights work? Somebody's bike started having issues that night too, right? It was Nick's brakes <laughs> went out.
0: No. The issue was you crammed too many beers into your pack <laughs> and oh, we made it
1: to <laughs> – People should definitely take note on that. Like, you Pad your beers, people. Or run duct tape around them, right, so they don't blow up. Because if there's any kind of movement inside your bag, you're gonna rupture. Like, cause we're like, we're riding good stuff.
0: So here's the tech tip: is you buy wine in a bag, yep. because you can smash it you know, around anything. You bought a, a six pack of beer. Nick bought a six. No, you bought 20- or thirty ounce beers or something like that.
1: I can't remember, but that's for the camp you know, trip that night. But anyhow, you're, yeah, it's always fun to have some <laughs> something right at camp. But yes, the the wine is the more efficient method there. But you know, I'm, I also like beer.
0: So. Well, I mean, was it that bad sleeping in beer though? Because you all your clothes and
1: <laughs> it didn't get all my stuff. No, but it definitely got a few things. But you know, that's all, the other thing too is like it, it, it's your mindset. Like if I allowed that to bum me out, then it would have bummed me out.
0: Right. But yeah, those well, so so okay, so you and Nick have beers blow up soaked. So, so Nick, Nick's sleeping bag for sure was soaked. He went into a beer soaked sleeping bag. Your your yours blew up. We finally found a place to camp, the only place we could find, and it was on kind of a hillside. Yep, <laughs> and then we woke up in the daylight. And we're like, oh, we could have gone like 50 yards over here and had a nice flat spot, but it's not how it was supposed to be, right? Then we then we find uh. Nick's brakes went out. That's probably what you're thinking about. Nick's rear brake went out the right. next day, so we had to find in in Packwood. We had to find brake fluid and try to bleed his brakes. When then all of a sudden we're sitting there trying to bleed the brakes, and you're missing because you found a huge elk that you decide <laughs> to follow down the street. The fu- <laughs> The elk is just walking through town
1: like unfazed by cars, and it was like, what the
0: hell's going right.
1: on? Like, yeah.
0: So then we went into the bar, had a couple beers and some food, and then we decided let's f- go up to the base of.
1: Mount Rainier, but you're f- forgetting about the old lady that was trying to lure us all up to Mount uh, Saint Helens. Right, and weather. bought us spears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: then, so then we f- actually find a found a decent place right by the river to camp. Right. Um, after we found took Took us a while. We found a spot. Then the next day, we're heading up the mountain. We're just like, let's try to find a trail that loops us back over to the other side.
1: And that's when cerudi's sleeping, sleeping bag <laughs> like got sucked into his tire or into the exhaust and yep. burnt burnt through it. Yep,
0: yep, burnt through. So then he had a nylon sleeping bag that had been burned through. So then there's like shards of melted nylon that's trying to stab him. Um, and then we ended up looping back. But we him. did the
1: the like for, it's like 47 switchbacks up. Yep. That, Cause a lot of FUs and oh
0: yeah and yeah both Anthony I remember Anthony was just like uh I don't know
1: we had some fun that night before too and there was yeah, definitely maybe Anthony some headaches was a bit
0: hungover for sure um and then we made it back around and then we were buying beers in uh what's the other town that we went to before Randall Randall and then uh uh who am I thinking of that we saw there Paul,
1: the... uh Paul Neff and I don't yeah so uh, ne- Eric Eric uh
0: Neff just rides up on bikes. He has a cabin not too far away to buy like some beers, but um, so they're on they're on another separate adventure, and then yeah, then we go on to uh, another adventure and end up looping back. But yeah, that three and a half days that was a that was a good one right there.
1: Yeah, I think I think three days is like that's the minimum amount like to really get into some sh- shenanigans mm-hmm. like
0: play. <laughs> <laughs> But By the way, if you sleep, yeah, the the putting all the beers in the river or or buying cases of beer and then buying a roll of duct tape to wrap the cases of beer so they don't blow out on the trail, but then also creating a dam in the river to keep the beers cold and then creating a fire right by the river so you can sit in between the river and the fire so you can grab cold beers and sit by the warm fire was key.
1: You can build your own fun. That's just the (laughs) fact of it. No, that's, so like, that's huge in my life is doing those kind of rides these days. And I still like, like I tried doing Washington National this last year and I was this last summer and I was like three seconds off, which I was pissed at because if I would have been like six seconds off or 10, I would have been like, okay, like I should probably be done <laughs> Hang with up it. the
0: boots. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but three seconds, I'm like, three seconds to me feels like nothing. Right? And so now I have this fucking stupid thought in my head about doing it again. But, so I have off-road adventures, right? That keeps me interested there. Occasional moto keeps me interested. And I have to have that, the options there. Totally. Yeah. By the way, I'm not riding enough moto these days because the snow bike thing has kind of ruined my winters. Like, that's super rad. Like, people try it and they go out in subpar snow conditions and then they're like, yeah, those things are not that fun, and you're absolutely right. You go out on a powder day, and you're like a crackhead. You know, you're gonna be like, "Fuck! How do I figure out how to buy one of these overly priced, you know, track accessories
0: systems? for my dirt bike?" <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I can't buy an exhaust. If system. you would have
0: told me that in the past, that in the future people will be buying like six to ten thousand dollar or even more accessories for their dirt bike to ride it in the snow. I would have been like, nope, <laughs> not it's, happening. Dude,
1: it's going nuts. Like, I just got back from a trip to Revelstoke, BC, and like in town you have, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars snowmobiles, trailers everywhere, and then snow bikes everywhere. Like, it's just like a growing segment of that snow division, if you will. But
0: oh yeah, I'm sure there's people that keep their they don't even they just keep their snow. Bike kit dialed. Like, if they live in a place that snows a, a ton.
1: Yeah, that's what Jake Monteer just said. He bought it like a 2014 KTM Factory Edition 450, and he's yeah. gonna just going to leave it kitted it up. Like, that's yeah. the bike that's. Yep.
0: Must okay. must be nice to not have kids. <laughs> Jake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think what you just said right there, right, is what we laugh about the most. Like, this whole conversation, like, there's a ton of must be nice oh, yeah. in there. But fuck fuck whoever says it must be nice. Like just change your, change your program. Totally. Yeah.
0: Must be nice to have a sprinter van.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, dude, it's, it's all rad. I love, I love doing what I'm doing, but there's struggles with it. You know, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be life without struggles, but yeah, I don't know. I, you, were you writing some notes in your notepad there? What do you, what do you got? well yeah i did but
0: we already talked about all that stuff that's what happens we just check
1: it off how long we've been going on here like people bored out of their mind probably
0: 56 minutes
1: they can choose to close out (laughs) because the good stuff might still be coming
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) totally
1: (laughs) yeah that's the beautiful thing about a podcast you can come back or you know go ahead or
0: so I, i haven't asked you this the i told you about going to races side by side is that something that you would ever consider
1: absolutely like it's not the same like Everybody says like, "With age, get a cage." Right. It's, um, you know, the the cost of it freaks me out a little bit because, like, someone will, I live in Hood River, right, and like kiteboarding is huge there. And people are like, "Have you tried that?" Well, I only can have so many hobbies.
0: Well, it comes down to time overall. It's right. it's it's more time than money for the most part because it doesn't matter how much money you have, you're not going to be able to buy time. You know.
1: Correct. So I would love to. An opportunity came up to try one, and I'm sure I'm not scared to try it. People are scared to try it because they're like, if I do that, I'm gonna end up buying one. There's a reason why it's probably the fastest growing segment in the power sports industry, and I don't know those numbers, but I'm assuming it is because it kind of fits into the every man, every woman can do it. Uh, But racing it would be, yeah, it'd be super interesting. I've only ridden a four wheeler on a moto track, like a legit race quad one time and it was up when I was up in Canada and that was sketchy as all get out, right? Like we're dealing with two wheels hitting bumps. All of a sudden my left wheels are hitting a super steep bump and there's a dip on the right wheel. So that would be a whole nother perspective.
0: Well, it's, I learned it racing my truck and there's always been a side of me. That's always loved just off road, four wheel truck racing, whatever it is. Right. And so when I built my Ranger, going to race that like when you're racing a dirt bike right you're focused on where that set of tires is going right there's a line over here let's berm off of this let's pop over this rock dude when you're racing something with two sets of you know four wheels so you got to worry about the set of wheels over here right what that's going to hit the set of wheels to the left what that's going to hit and then is there anything in the middle right is there a rock i'm going to bottom out on like so you're constantly like scanning back and forth and it's just insane that you you kind of have to trade that mindset the scanning for like kind of like the traction thought right because when you have a dirt bike you're going like oh is my front end going to push out here and i'm going to eat shit then you can kind of trade that for like you know you obviously you're looking where where two sets of two sets of wheels go and then you're when you're strapped in you're just along for the ride (laughs) <laughs> you're not mo- you're not like in the air going oh I should probably pull you know move my body position forward here. You're- By the way,
1: do you find yourself still doing that? Because like I've driven you know on backroads even and like coming into a pothole, I'm like oh crap pothole and I'll even pull up on the steering <laughs> wheel right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so well like- you
0: can on the steering wheel or maybe you're you're pushing against like with your foot on the on the firewall or something, but you you. Uh, I mean, when you're strapped into a harness like that, right. your body's not moving a whole lot unless you didn't strap in correctly, which is scary.
1: I'm not saying about having an effect by doing it. I'm just saying, like, is your instinct doing that? Like,
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, especially you know. when you're in the air in a truck and you can only... S- the windshield only shows so much, right? And yeah. you're all you can see is ground, and you're trying to like look up. You know, it's <laughs> like right. It's like if you're looking on something, like if you're watching some video on a phone or something, and you're trying to look further in there, but you can't. Or like the TV, right? right? You can't. You look You get that in all further. the
1: time with GoPro footage, like right. I just put one up the other day from our ride last weekend, like on my Instagram, and like somebody was like, "Man, I just wanted to like tilt the phone because it wasn't aiming yeah. up high enough, right?" So right. I can totally see how that'd be through your your window as your landscape. Totally.
0: Yeah. So it's just, it's nuts to just to see that, but, um, but it, you know, and it's, it's weird being in like strapped in like that to where you can't like escape the, you know, like on a dirt bike, if shit goes haywire, you can just be like, Nope, don't want anything to do with that. I'm jumping over here, you know, but you're just along for the ride. But I think, uh, that side of off-road racing, like you see it's making it's side-by-side stuff is making, uh, off-road racing affordable for people and you think you, affordable is a funny word when you throw it in side by sides. Right. Go but to if you s- want to
1: go truck racing, that's a whole nother category. Yeah, so it's, it's... Well, let's
0: spend 250 grand or something, you right. know? but you said, I mean, maybe you can get it done for like 30 grand. Once you do like a cage and you do, you know, like some fire systems and things like that, you know, usually guys are putting different, you know, I mean, just like any sort right. of racing, you can go wide open with a it all, right? Different but turbo. Depending or, yeah. on, like, the sanctioning body, they'll say that you need to have a cage. And a lot of those cages are just bolted on. So, like, they want you to weld the cage on. And then maybe you have a different seat and different harnesses and, and, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, if you go, like, you look at some of these side-by-sides that are, you know, 15, 20 grand. And you're going, like, man, like, I mean, maybe so let's just say it's, at the minimum, it's five grand more than a new dirt bike right now. Right,
1: it, which which is nothing when you look at the big scheme of it, like,
0: right. But if you're, if you're buying two dirt bikes, one for you and one for your wife, right? Let's let's take n- hardcore gnarly Rory out of this, and that you just enjoy. I've dirt been b- trying to get Rory out of this
1: for a long time, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's just you and your wife, right? So you're like, shit. Well. I could spend 20 grand to get two new dirt bikes or, you know, like, let's say maybe you're just racing off road or you're getting some CRFs or so it's not 20 grand, but you're still buying two bikes. It's two engines to service. You know, maybe you're paying 7,500 a bike or whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, so you're still like 15 grand in, you know, when you could go, all right, well, Maybe my wife's she doesn't really like riding a ton, but I still want to do something with her. Now that's the whole part of the side by side that's fun, right? If me and you go and ride dirt bikes right now, and I'm ten feet behind you, we can ride the same trail. Can maybe we go. To- <laughs> we can, <laughs> yeah. We do, well, it's getting dark here, but like we can pull the alt out and do some motos. You know, it'll be muddy. Motos, no, I get what but, you're saying. Though, you know, side by side. But if 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 we're riding close together, right? Like, yeah, maybe a deer will jump out. We'll be like, whoa, you know. But. We're still in our own adventure cuz we're on our own vehicle. Right. But if me and you are strapped together, so it's the dirt bike. Right. Not a vehicle. <laughs> if we're strapped together, we're hitting the same bump, we're doing all of that together, right? So you're experiencing the whole ride to, or, sorry, the whole drive together. Yeah, these are the. We, we. <laughs> you have to change your term <laughs> terminology because i have somebody that sold their bikes and have side-by-sides they're like let's go ride the dunes this week and i'm like whoa mm-hmm. pump the brakes <laughs> just, just get this straight you don't ride anymore you drive but um but anyhow so to those casual people like it makes sense like dude we can both jump on this thing together it's one engine service you know like it's Really, it could even be cheaper. Yeah, it, and you know,
1: with a two seater, you need you need the wife or the buddy in there to help push it back over when you roll it. Right. So totally, totally. Now, I'll get there. I'll for sure. I see that as something I want to do, uh, whether it's racing or recreating on it. But man, like the dirt bike thing, like you know, like I like I told you last year, I want yeah, I want to do Dakar. Right. Right. I do. I think it's feasible. Well, I'm not gonna say. N- no, but it does seem like a daunting task. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, d- yeah, the dirt bike stuff like that'll always be me. But I'm just yeah. saying, in, in the industry right now, that's been the big question mark of like where this goes. You know, right. it's kind of like the 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 side by side in the power sports industry is like the Netflix in the video industry. Like, it completely you, changed. But all you, of yeah, it. and you can't deny yeah. it. It's
1: there. Right. Like it's it's not like a fad that's gonna run run out. But yeah, well, with you, like. Obviously, you have tons of interest and in all that, and you've done truck racing. But like, where do you, where do you see that for you in the next like five years? Like, do you think that's going to become more of like a maybe not the thing, but a bigger thing in your life?
0: Uh, I I would like to say so. I mean, it goes so I, I think about that. Like we talk about, we're getting older, right? Like I'll turn thirty five this year. Right. Holy and-
1: crap, thirty five, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> I wish I could have another year back. Right, no, that's. Uh, but the way I look at it is, moto's super fun. And not moto will always be like the number one and off road dirt bikes and all that. But um, it's almost that saying is with age, get a cage because I don't see myself. I'm staring. there. There is a little side by side out there. The, it's
1: a utility. Joey has a mule. utility one sitting outside. Which
0: I, I wonder. I wonder in the hardcore side by side UTV world, like what's is it side by side or is it UTV? You know? Oh, is, I'm sure, like... Is saying UTV mean that you have, like, a, a your hat backwards and, like, a cigarette in your mouth? Or is uh, it, like... You have,
1: you have a disease. It's like a... <laughs> <laughs> you have a UTV. Oh, man.
0: I just talked to Rory today, man. He's got a UTV, Megan. <laughs> oh, no. Did, when did the doctor tell him?
1: <laughs> oh, that's brutal. I heard they don't even have a treatment for it yet.
0: Yeah, they do. He's got to take the side-by-side. Yeah. <laughs> Or is it like supercross and like this is this a motocross bike or supercross bike? But uh, no. no,
1: On that note, though, so in with the Baja One Thousand, you know, a lot of people maybe don't know this, and some people do. But like, there's a buggy class, like original VW bug class down mm -hmm. there. Could you imagine going? So like,
0: I I would I would do it. I would love that. Yeah, I I could. I the part I would imagine would be all the good parts though.
1: (laughs) Well. You're not the gonna, bleeding kidneys. You're not that. gonna pound the whoops. You're gonna take every whoop one by one, mm-hmm. and it's gonna take. You know the front end's gonna go down mm-hmm. and then up. Anyway, but your you're a mule, your Kawasaki mule. Could you imagine going to an off road race for for UTVs or side by sides, and then? Racing that just like GNCC has <laughs> we, we the. We
0: should have done the hungover in that. <laughs> Why didn't we and you race the hung the hangover scramble in that?
1: <laughs> but yeah, but so GNCC has it with the utility quad, right? Yeah, and so that's all back to perspective. Like if you're pushing the limits of your utility vehicle, it's probably still a hoot. <laughs>
0: But that shit is crazy. When you go to a GNCC and you see some brute force Kawasaki 700 wide open through the woods Dude, jumping they have over the biggest head.
1: knobs on their tires. Like those things are like set up to like just mud bog.
0: Yeah, but but I don't yeah, to answer your question, I could see it cuz I feel like I love riding moto and racing moto, but I feel like it's more of just like a I do it cuz it's fun. You know, I'm not I'm not going to go out there and like I'm not trying to get have a faster lap time. I'm not trying to like push myself into like a a faster class or whatever it is, right? Um partly maybe because I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm not in shape to push myself that way. So I feel like if I do that, I'm going to hurt myself. Right. Cuz I don't have the time and effort to put into getting into shape and riding all that much. So I feel like the side by side or let's just say let's just say you're using car, more, of your, mind, more car, of your mind than body. Yeah, car, car vehicle racing, you know, because it's even like some of the, you know, like Guy tao has been doing a lot of of, uh, of uh, dirt track racing, you know, and it's like I've had a bunch of buddies that have done that, like went from motor to that, and they, they love it. I think it's just that that element of racing and trying to do better and go faster and make your, you know, machine better. Like that side of things gets lost a little bit, at least in my life, and maybe that's why I like a – Some of like the RC car stuff that I've been doing is fun just because it's like it's racing, it has all the same things besides being in it. RC car racing is the only thing that you will be racing, but you're also the spectator at the same time. (laughs) You take the
1: human out of it, yeah, right.
0: So it's kind of like throwing yourself in there, but with the popularity of that, I think that's the other part, right? Like nobody wants to go race with two people, right? So stuff starts to get more popular and and they have like spec classes, you know, so then that's all of a sudden then you take the motor work out of there because it's like it's just got to be a stock right. 1,000 engine or whatever, right? Um, it I could see myself doing some of that stuff in the future, but, you know, and it's funny. I was, ta- I was asking Megan, I was like, hey, would you ever want to race an off-road race with me, you know, like in a side-by-side? And she was like, yeah, totally. And then I, I brought her into the theater and I was like, check out this. This GoPro footage of uh, of Lake Havasu. This is where I'm going to go race with with Johnson, and she she looks at it for like two minutes, and she goes, "I think I'm going to throw up now." <laughs> 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 and I'm, I'm like, you realize if you're co-driving, you're just sitting there, right? You're going to hold on to the T-bar, and I'm going to duct tape your hands to it. So if you pass out when we start cartwheeling, your arms and stuff aren't going to f- fly through the cage, you know. But um, a
1: lot of trust. Like, doesn't matter if it's your spouse or, or just a co-driver that's like, yeah, I'll go with you. There's a lot of trust there. Like, I think. <laughs> well,
0: the first thing she's going to have to stop doing is screaming. Because when, last year, when we went out to Christmas Valley, yeah. we took the Polaris out there. I was like, hey, I found this cool trail. that's all whooped out. Super fun. Let me take you down it. And so she grabs on. And I'm like, all right, you ready? She's like, yeah. But I'm just like, wah. You know, and she's just like, which I, it might be funny for the people that are watching. Yeah, dude, every time the 101 car comes by here, it sounds like some girl is just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, I don't know. It could, I think it could be fun. I think it uh
1: I think it would be ignorant of all of us to like assume that it's not going to be a thing or that it maybe wouldn't be fun. Right. I'm like I'm motorcycles through and through, but I also like I can see how that would be a blast. Now, there is a stigma just like with bikes, Harleys, whatever there's like, there's always like the lemons in the crowd. And like currently at the staging areas, like you kind of look at those people that are on the side by sides. It's kind of like, I don't know. They're not, not the kooks or anything like that, but like maybe like they got a shit ton of power underneath them. Right. right? And they don't know what's going on. Yeah. But that's not the case. There's always good people and bad people, but yeah, I'd be down, down the road, down the road, but we'll see. (laughs) Heck yeah. Uh,
0: well, uh, well, let's go watch some Supercross.
1: Sounds good, man. Good yeah.
0: good BSing. Yeah. So there you go. Just talking to uh, Roy Sullivan. Pretty funny. Talking to uh, about dirt bikes and everything. I even got him talking about uh, side-by-side. So will we ever see Rory in a side-by-side? Who knows? Time will tell. But uh, just like they always say, right? With age, get a cage. So thanks for listening to the Northwest MX podcast. We'll see you at the next one.